Well, let's look at uh, Romans 8.14 this morning. We're going to talk about the importance of being led by the Spirit. The importance of being led by the Spirit, especially now. Now, we've talked about being led by the Spirit, you know, uh, many times. And uh, you that have been here, we, we hit on that uh, from time to time, you know, as the Spirit of God leads. And we have series that touch on these things. And But I felt impressed to, to talk about this this morning, about the importance of being led by the Spirit in our lives, especially where we are now in today's age. We, it is so uh, important that we are being led. Look at Romans 8 verse 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Notice it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So sons of God... Daughters of God, children of God, can be led by the Spirit of God. Look at it in the CEB version. It says, all who are led by God's Spirit are God's sons and daughters. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to lead you back again into fear, but you received a spirit that shows you are adopted as His children. With His Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The same Spirit agrees with our spirit that we are children of God. So it says, all who are led by God's Spirit, these are His sons and daughters. The word translated led means, could be translated as many as are continually being led by the Spirit of God. Continually. That, does, that means you don't take a break. That means you don't snooze on it. Well, I don't need to be led today. This is my day off. Maybe your day off of work, but you still need to be led. Where are you going? What are you doing? Where are you supposed to be doing what you had planned to do? Verse 16 says, The same Spirit agrees with our spirit that we are, are God's children. The same Spirit agrees with our spirit. So this is how He's going to lead you. Number one, He's going to lead you by His Word. By the Word of God. Okay, you, the Spirit of God's never going to lead you in a way that disagrees with His Word. Okay, so you don't you don't um, forego something in the Bible. The Bible's telling you to do something. You do that, and you don't say, "Well, I feel led not to do that." <laughs> For instance, coming to church, the Bible says, "Don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together." There is never a time you feel led not to come. Now, you may have a vacation at times. We all do that. I'm talking about just normal day and day. Nothing's going, well, I just don't feel led to come. You already have the Bible verse on it. You, you know that. Um, so we can move on. Just an example. There's all kinds of things in the Word of God. That if we see it, we don't have to pray about that. God's not going to lead you against what He said. Amen. Amen. Amplified Classic in, in verse 16 says, The Spirit Himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are the children of God. So the Spirit of God 
The Holy Spirit testifies together with our spirit, which is the real us. So we have the Holy Spirit in our spirit. Your spirit is attuned to God. You, you contact God with your spirit. You contact the realm of reason with your, your mind. You contact this physical room with, or, uh, realm with your body. But you contact the spirit of God with your spirit. And that's this part of you that's alive to him. And, of course, you know, we've taught on these things, just going over a little bit of this, so to, just to set the background for the things we're, we're going to be saying this morning. But for those that may not have heard some of this, Proverbs 20, verse 27 says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. The spirit of the man is the lamp of the Lord. That's where God leads you. That's the flashlight, the candle of the Lord. That your spirit is how he's going to illuminate you. He's not going to lead you by reason. He's not going to lead you by physical senses. He's going to lead you by your spirit. That doesn't mean you throw away those faculties. It doesn't mean you ignore everything in the natural that you see, feel. It doesn't matter, mean you ignore your mind. But if push comes to shove, you don't go with your reason over what the Spirit of God's saying. You don't go with your re, your, your, uh, what you see or what you feel like over what the Spirit of God's say, saying. It doesn't mean, I mean, a lot of times you're going to just operate in the natural. You're going, you should be led, but you're not going to do something out of the ordinary. Normally, you're going to just go to work. You're going to do the normal things you do. You're going to be led by, well, what should we do with this decision? Well, logically, we think this, and if the Spirit of God says, yeah, that's a good idea. You don't be led by your mind, but it doesn't mean you turn your mind off. It doesn't, there's a lot of times, you know, you better be led by your physical senses if you're about to cross a street and you see a semi coming down the road towards you, you better believe what you see and act accordingly. If you step out in front of that, that could be catastrophic. You could be dead or in the hospital, and it doesn't matter what you were getting on. The, now, the Spirit of God's probably telling you, stop, but He also gave you, gave you a set of eyes, too and ears. So we're not talking about ignoring everything in the natural. We're saying you're, you have your spiritual antenna up, though, in addition to what you see. And if you see, it looks like it's all clear, but inside you're going, having alarm bells, you go with what's on the inside. First uh, Thessalonians 5.23, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So spirit, soul, body, those are the three parts of man. You are a spirit. You have a soul, your mind, will, and emotions. You live in a body. We all know what the body is. Anyway, that's easy. Your, your, your soul is the, your reasoning faculties, your emotion, your will. Your spirit is the real you, the part that you contact God with. So that's the part you want to be led by, your spirit. You want to be led by Him. You don't want to be led by, think about it, if you're led by those other faculties, you are limited by what you know, by what you've heard, by what other people have told you, but there is something higher than all that. Being led by your spirit can keep you from trouble that was impossible to detect with what you know in the natural, with what you can see. But God knows everything. 
And so He can lead you and guide you apart from those things. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, "'Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths.'" Don't you, so you trust Him with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on just what you understand about it. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Notice it said, in all your ways. That means there's no break. That means you, you stay vigilant. Now, I'm not talking about being nervous and anxious. The Bible says, don't be anxious. Don't be fearful. Okay, as we're talking about these things this morning... We don't go into being afraid. We're not talking about being nervous, not talking about being, you know, overzealous where we're just, you know, um, trying to hear God every 30 seconds in a nervous way, and you don't want to miss it. You know, you, you don't want to be like that. We're talking about just going through, communing with God, not letting your guard down, again, not being afraid, but not letting your guard down, you stay hooked up with Him on the inside, with your spirit, letting Him bear witness, and just be attuned. Just be alert. It says, acknowledge Him, in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. So if you, if you are hooked up with Him, He's leading you and guiding you. He's He's God. He knows you. He knows where you're at. And if you're, he knows everything. So if you're communing with him, he's, he's going to warn you. Now, the flip side of this is you go, Brother Hagin used to say this, Kenneth E. Hagin. He said, I go as much by what God doesn't say as by what he does say. What does that mean? If he's not telling you to deviate, then you don't need to deviate. If you're not hearing anything on the inside, then you do the last thing you heard, or you're doing what you normally would do. In other words, don't try, try to make stuff up. You're trying, you know, don't, don't lean in so much, well, is God saying anything, say anything, and say, and He's not. You know, use this example before, but you know. Now, our, our directions on our phone, whether you're using Google Maps or you know, Apple, whatever. They're imperfect. We know that. That's a whole other thing. We know that they don't always tell you the right thing. Let's just put that aside for a second. <clears throat> and let's say this time the instructions are correct, whatever they are, wherever you're going. Okay? If, if you don't hear the voice, whatever, whatever voice it is, whichever male, female, whatever name, whatever language, accent, you know, you can change that on your phone. Whatever it's telling you, if you don't hear them saying anything, what are you supposed to be doing? Doing the same thing that they told you last time they spoke. And if you're not doing that, they will say rerouting and they'll be telling you something else anyway. So you know you're supposed to be continuing on. You know that sometimes you're in a stretch of interstate for 40 miles and continue on for 40 miles and 10 miles in. If you don't hear anything, that doesn't mean you're supposed to be going, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? You're just staying on. That's the same thing with the Lord. If you're not, if He's not telling you specifically, then you're staying on the same path that He told you to be on. You're doing your normal thing. You're checking, is there any deviation? No. Okay, I'm staying on. Because this is important. 
because some, <laughs> you can get into where you're always looking for some deviation. Well, you'll be all over the place. You don't want to do that. You want to be solid. At the same time, you got to be open. You can't be on autopilot. All right, so we're going to look at some examples in Scripture. You, it, it, where we are now, it's been like this for a long time, but it just, it just the more we're getting into to, you know, the world situations where we are uh, on the world stage, where we are just time-wise, it is important to be led for your life because nobody, for you and your family's life, because nobody can be led for you. You, I, I can't be led for you. Uh, your friend can't be led for you. You can't go around all the time asking everybody, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to have to make sometimes decisions in real time where you don't have the opportunity to hear what everybody else is doing. What are you going to do? What is the Spirit of God telling you to do? Now, again, that doesn't trump the Word. We're not talking about doing something apart from the Word. Uh, but you have to know that there's not generalities that we just go on autopilot and say, it, well, this is what I always do this time, so I'm going to do it. That's not being led. Well, and you can't override. If you're getting something in the Spirit, that's, we could teach in depth on, on discerning that. That's not my point this morning. We've talked about some of that. But basically what we talked about, or what the Bible says in Romans 8, um, in verse 14 through 16, where it says He's bearing witness with you, that you're being led and bearing witness in your spirit. He's bearing witness on the inside. He's giving you a signal on the inside. Either you're on the right track, peace, or warning. There's something going on. Well, you need to pay attention to that. We need to pay attention. Don't override that. Don't reason yourself out of that. Let's look at Acts 16, verse 6. Here, uh, so Paul, this is, uh, you know, Paul is going about missionary journeys. And look at verse 6. It says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go down to Bithynia, and the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas and had a vision and a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately he, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, there's several things here. So look at, the first, look at verse 6. It says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Now look at, just pop this up, Mark 16, 15. It says, Jesus is, this is the Great Commission. Jesus said, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. General commission. He said, preach the gospel. Right here, 
In Acts 16.6, it said they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. What Jesus was saying in Mark 16 is a general commission to the whole church to preach the gospel in all the world. Well, here's a question. Where are you supposed to preach it? Because you can't preach in all the world. Certainly not at the same time. Well, I have a worldwide ministry. What about the times you're at the other countries? Not everybody has that. Where are you supposed to be preaching the word? There are 8 billion people in the world. Who are you supposed to minister to? You got, how, how are you going to know that? You have to be led. Well, right here, the Spirit of God is forbidding them to preach the word in Asia at that time. He said, no, they got a check. Don't go. They could have said, well, I'm, I, got, I got the commission from Jesus. I'm going. If the Spirit of God's telling you not to do something, there's a reason. And we need to understand that, and we need to obey it. We can't, don't reason yourself. If they would have, if they would have just pushed on, well, we don't have that account. They obeyed. They said, we're not going to go. Then they tried to go uh, to... Bithynia and the Spirit did not permit them. They're trying to preach the Word of God. The Spirit says, no, no. Now, now, the, now uh, Paul then had a, a vision, and there's a man, he sees a man saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. So now here's another thing. There are visions. You can be led by a vision. It's rare. Don't seek to be led by visions. You can be. People can see them. Don't, that's not the normal way you're going to be led. You can't make it happen. Don't ask for it. The devil can accommodate you. Don't seek that. You know, when we read the Acts, we see so many, we see these things throughout time. We have to understand this happened over many years. So these things might have only happened once or twice in one person's life, and some people will never see those things. You don't, but every, every child of God is led by the Spirit of God. So you be content to be led by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. If God sees fit to lead you by a vision, then okay, but don't seek it. But he, was, they, the, he saw this vision, the people in Macedonia are telling them to come help, so they went over and they preached in Macedonia. So we need to know that just because there's something in the Word, generally, that doesn't mean at any given time what we're supposed to do specifically. And I will say this just to round out what we said earlier, in general about coming together you have to be led. Let's say there's an extreme situation. Let's say there's weather. Okay? Where we are, we're having service. Where you are, you could have been hit with a storm and there's very bad conditions outside where you are. You need to be led for where you are. Now, that's something in the natural. You don't you, you need to be led if your safety is a concern because you getting to church is not the same as maybe somebody else getting. But that's different than like, oh, I just don't feel like it. For not, There's no reason why. Does that make sense? 
But it is, you, you're personally responsible. You would never want to push through something out of legalism to try to do something when, if the Spirit of God's saying, watch this, or go a different way, or anything like that, okay? So even in that situation, yeah, the, this, this says preach the, the G, Paul knows that Jesus said preach the gospel. He wasn't there, but he's heard it indirectly, and he knows he's going about turning the world upside down, and yet he gets a no. Okay, so if, 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 there, if it's in that case, we need to be uh, ready to hear. Look at um, Acts 18, verse 5. It says, When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul, Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. So he was compelled by the Spirit. He had a an inner leading to do this. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said, your blood be on your own heads. I am clean for now. From now on, I'm going to the Gentiles. So he was compelled by the spirit to do so. They rejected it. They don't have an excuse though. Could you ever be led to do something where somebody would reject what you said? Yes. Does that mean you weren't led? No. But you can't control people's wills. Verse 7, and he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice, who, uh, one who worshiped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Then Crispus, the, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord and all his household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, uh, believed, and were baptized. Now the Lord spoke to Paul at night by a vision. There he got a vision again. Do not be afraid but speak and do not keep silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Now, he could have, he could have been like, I'm done with these people. He said that with the Jewish people, and I'm leaving. But God told him, no, you stay. Now you're going to minister to the Gentiles. So we need to be led in different instances what to do, what not to do. If God is leading you to avoid a circumstance and you decide to be there anyway, you're on dangerous ground. We have a personal responsibility with God to be led. And to follow what we, what our responsibility, let me give you a quick example. Second Samuel 11, 1, we're not going to go into this story, but just look at it briefly. It says, it happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. David should have been with his army. If he was doing what he should have been doing, now these were people that didn't have the Spirit of God, but if he was doing what God had told him to do and what was normal to do, he would not have been at home. He wouldn't have seen Bathsheba. He wouldn't have committed adultery. He wouldn't have ki had Uriah killed. He would have circumvented all that stuff just by being in the right place. Was it God's will that he did all that? Absolutely not. It was not God's will that he, he get into all that trouble. If he would have done what he was supposed to do, he would have avoided it just by not being there. And we can't, 
We can't invoke now, we're talking about being, in the, being led by the Spirit. You can't invoke other parts of God's Word. Now, God is merciful, and He'll do everything He can in the given circumstance to help you. But if He's leading you not to be in a place, and you go, you don't just, it, it, it's not like the safety, the protection of God trumps everything if He was trying to protect you by keeping you out of the situation. I remember there was a certain minister at Rama years ago that was, um, he, he was just manning the phones, you know, prayer line, and a woman called in and she was distraught and she had been mugged. <clears throat> And she was a believer, and she had been mugged, and she wanted to know. She, she, she needed prayer. She just wanted to uh, just be okay, but she wanted to know, why did God let this happen? Why did this happen to me? And she was frustrated about it. And he's talking to her. Hey, well, this isn't God's will. Yeah, but why did it happen? He said, well, what did you, did you, did you sense anything before you went to this area? Because it was in a bad area, it was where she usually didn't go, and she said, well, actually, I didn't think I should go. I felt like inside I shouldn't go. He said, that was God warning you not to go. He was trying to protect you. Amen? Amen. They, so, because we have Psalm 91... And because we're protected by God does not mean you just go around flippantly doing whatever and God will protect you. If God, that applies when you're in the will of God doing what He told you to do. You don't de defy a direct order from God, go over here and try to invoke another word of God. Because God told you to be here and He will protect you here. Now, don't be legalistic about it. You, you want to be led, but there is a, I, I want to bring home, there is a responsibility, okay? Because we've gotten away to where it's just whatever happens, whatever I do, I can live however, and God's just good with me. That's not true. I'm going to say, that is not true. God wants us to be close to Him and live with Him and, and listen to Him. And if He's trying, He's telling you, go over here, and you decide, I don't really care, I'm going over here, and, you're, and then you get into trouble and be like, well, God, protect me. He's going to do everything He can. But if you set into motion things because you didn't listen, there are consequences. Now, anybody that's serious about God and pure before God... We'll, we'll say, I, I, I don't want, why would I ever want to be in that situation? Why would I say, well, I disagree with that. I think I could do whatever and, just, and I'd still be protected. Listen to that statement. I'm going to disregard what the, what the Lord is telling me, and I think I should be okay anyway. That's rebellion. That is ignorance. That's saying, I can do whatever I want, and God is my personal bodyguard to do what I want to do. That's not the way the word is set up. It's saying you do what he tells you to do and his angels go with you. Now, again, he, he's merciful, but he's merciful. It's like people say, well, God, what has God done for me today when he sent Jesus 2,000 years ago to help you? Well, where is God? He's already helped you. You've got to call on what he has done for you. 
Well, where is he in this situation? How do you let me get here? What was he telling you up, upstream? What was he telling you before? Now, don't take condemnation from this. We, we have a responsibility to hear, but again, we're not talking about being anxious. Don't get jittery, but sometimes we need, wait a minute, because you can't. On one end, we have serious things going on, have for years, but there's serious things going on in the earth. One end say, oh, this is serious. We need to pray about this. On the other hand, just do whatever we want locally and just, well, it doesn't matter. I can do whatever. No, you need to be led. You know, and people get into situations, so why did God let that happen? And blame God. It's not God's fault. Is that okay? Do we, or do we think it's God's fault? Anybody want to say, no, I really think it's God's fault. No, it's our responsibility. Now, let's look at a, a uh, situation here. We're gonna, you got, if you had your Bibles uh, turned to it, we're going to be in Acts 27 for a little bit. So um, flip to a couple other scriptures, but we're going to go through this account. <clears throat> We're supposed to be led in all our, our uh, endeavors. We're supposed to be led in our interactions with people. You don't just treat, you know, it, it's not like you have a script that you got from God, and it, if I see anybody, I'm just supposed to witness to them point blank all the time when I see them like a robot. No context, no, no leading, no idea where they're at uh, with God, just going to run my script. No, we're supposed to be led by God. We're supposed to be... Uh, sensitive to the Spirit. We're supposed to act like Jesus would act. Jesus didn't treat people like robots and didn't act like a robot. Acts 27 verse 1 says, now this is Paul. Paul is a prisoner now, and he's appealed to Caesar, so he is being shipped. He's, they're making their way uh, to Rome, but it's, you know, slow transportation at this time. You don't just catch a flight. They're taking a uh, boat. And when it was decided that we should sail, sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to one named Julius, a centurion in the Augustine uh, regiment. So enter, entering a ship, I'm not of a dramatium, okay, whatever that, however that's pronounced, and we put to sea, meaning to sail along the coast of Asia, Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica was with us. And the next day we landed at Sidon. And Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him liberty to go to his friends and receive care. When he had put to sea from there, we sailed under the shelter of Cyprus because the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over uh, the sea, which is off Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myria, or Myra, a city of Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing to Italy and put us on board. So they're going to be sailing now to Italy. Verse 7, when we had sailed slowly many days and arrived with difficulty off Critus, the wind not permitting us to proceed, we sailed under the shelter of Crete of Salmon. Passing it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens, near the city of Lycia. So you can see this is a process. They took a while, they got on the ship. Then they go and they, they're not able to uh, sail where they wanted to because of the wind. Now, verse 9, Now when much time has been sent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them. Advised them. Now, no, Paul doesn't have any authority on the ship. 
saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also of our lives. So Paul is picking something up. Paul, now, Paul's a prisoner. Paul has no choice where to go. But Paul is on a mission from the Lord. God has told him, you're going to stand before Caesar. But he is at the mercy, in one sense, of the people that are controlling the ship. Now, he is perceiving, he says in verse 10, man, I perceive this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but of our lives. He's perceiving something. He's picking something up in the Spirit. Now, he says it. Verse 11, nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than the things spoken by Paul. So the centurion hears it because he's obviously got a little bit of a relationship with the centurion. He's persuaded more by the other people in charge than he is with Paul because they're in charge. They have training. We're good. They say we're good. They keep sailing. But Paul has seen something and he's saying this is not going to end well, but he's a prisoner. Verse 12, and because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also, if by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, uh, opening toward the southwest and northwest and winter there. Okay, verse 13, when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close to Crete. So it looked good. Looks like we made the right decision. We're going. It's going well. But not long after, a tempestuous head wind arose called Eurycliden. And when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. So they couldn't go any further into the wind. They just let the ship be driven by the wind. And running under the shelter of an island called Claudia, we, were, we secured the skiff with difficulty. When they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship and leaning lest they should run aground. In the Sirtis Sands, they struck sail and so were driven. And because uh, we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. On the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. Now, I want to show you a couple things, and we'll come back to this account. It, look at Acts. Uh, now, we'll come back to that. Look at Mark 4, verse 35. Somebody may say, why didn't Paul just rebuke the storm? Why didn't he just rebuke the storm like Jesus? Look at Mark 4, verse 35. Here, It says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Jesus told his disciples, we're going to the other side. So that is the will of God for them. Agreed? Jesus said, we're going over there. Okay? So they're going to go over there. So verse 36, when they had left the multitude, he took him, uh, they took him along in the boat as he was, 
And when little boats were also with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat in the boat so that it was already filling, but he was in the stern asleep on the pillow, Jesus was. And they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Verse 39, then he arose and rebuked the wind and said, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. So somebody said, why didn't Paul just do that? In this case, Jesus said, we're going over to the other side. In the other case, God was warning Paul, this is going to end bad. If Paul was ahead of the ship, he would have said, we're stopping. But the other people pushed on. So now he is, the other people, because of their decision, are bringing Paul into the middle of this storm, which God already said is going to happen. And it was, and God was trying to help them avoid it. So let's go back to verse 21, uh, Acts 27, verse 21. But after long abstinence from food, so, you know, just let's go back a few uh, verses. Let's look at um, verse 19, and we'll come into this so we remember what was going on. On the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. I mean, they're throwing the equipment in the ship. They're, they are desperate. Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we should be saved was finally given up. These people are saying we are going to die. Now, it's not saying Paul's saying that. Paul's not saying that, but everybody else is hopeless. They think this is it. We're going to die. Verse 21, now after a long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men... You should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. And there stood, for there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe that it will be just as it was told to me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. So Paul, here he's saying you must be brought before Caesar. In Acts 23, 11, just real quick, we'll come back. Uh, in another place, it says, The Lord stood by him to Paul and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. This was before. God had already told Paul he is going to bear witness at Rome. Now Paul, God has reiterated that Paul is going to be okay. But the people with him, God is so merciful, they're going to be spared. The ship's going to be destroyed. Paul was going to make it, however, that the people, not necessarily, because they were with Paul, their lives are being spared. But they didn't get out of the storm, and they didn't save the ship, and there were consequences to doing this, what they did. They didn't listen to God through Paul, and so they are in a bad place, and there is financial loss, but they're going to they're gonna have their lives. So he said, let's go back and look at um, verse 22. I urge you to take heart. He's telling them, see, they're hopeless at this point. You go back to 27 verse 22. I urge you to take heart for there is no, there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, 
uh, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. You must be in, you must do what God told you to do. So this is not ending for you here. And indeed, God has granted you all who will sail with you. So you are going to do what you're commissioned to do. And these people, because they're with you, are going to be saved. But it says, therefore, take heart, men, for I believe that God will grant it just as you told me. However, we must run on a ground on a certain island. And then if you read the rest of it, they listen to him and they do what he tells. And then some people tried to get off the boat and they were going to try to escape. He said, no, no, you can't. No, cut. They cut the ropes off and said, no, they have to stay with us. And they were able to run aground. The, the boat was lost, but their lives were spared. And then, you know, if you, if you remember, they're on Malta, and then right after they get off, then, uh, you know, they're making a fire, and a viper attaches itself to Paul, and they go, oh, look, he, you know, the gods must be against him because um, he got through this storm, but now he's still going to die, and he shook it off, and he didn't suffer any Ill, Ill will. So he was going to do what God called him to do. He was going to stand before Caesar. That was the plan of God. But... He didn't rebuke the storm. He didn't just say, ah, well, this is good anyway. It doesn't matter where I am. He knew what was going on. He was there because of these other people's disobedience. They didn't listen to him, but God still worked with him. Well, we want to be sure now. We are responsible for us. We're responsible for our families. You want to make sure as you're walking through life. You're seeing things happen, you, you know, in the world, seeing things happen locally. You don't want to go by the news. Don't go by the advice of what they're telling you, you know, uh, on the news or what there's, if there's fear in a place or if somebody said, oh, there's nothing here. We have to be led by what God is telling us on the inside. And there can be situations that all you have on the inside, you don't see anything in the natural. You don't see any indication of something, but something tells you, don't go this way on the inside. I'm not talking about an audible voice. I'm talking about the Spirit of God leading you. A check. Now, you have to. Number one, we have to develop our relationship with God and our ability to hear Him. And we've talked about that in different areas, but real briefly, you need to read the Word of God. If you read the Word of God, how He speaks to you in the Word of God is how the way, same way He's communicating you. There's words on the page, but the way He's speaking to you on the inside and ministering to you and quickening to you is the same way He's going to speak to you about other things that aren't in the Word. So read the Word. Saturate yourself in the Word. Commune with God. Fellowship with Him. Make sure you're not listening to other junk that is going to cloud that communication path. You don't want to saturate yourself with stuff that's in the world, and that's what you're attuned to, and then you're trying to hear the Spirit of God. You want to be able to be clear to hear the Spirit of God, and then you need to just have your spiritual antenna up as you're going through stuff. You know, should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? You're, you're thinking about... Is there, is there something here? You know, somebody saying there's an event happening. You better, you know, watch it. Okay, you're looking on the inside. Is there anything going to happen to me? Is it, do I need, Lord, do I need to, is there something going on here? Do I need to, to listen? I mean, I'm listening. Is there something I need to, to adjust? Is there something I need to adjust to my schedule? Is there something I need to change? You're listening. And if there's nothing and you're like, no, it's clear, don't make something up. 
go on. But if you have something that you can't get over, you, you have some, now I'm not talking about, some people could go off in the weeds with this. You don't want to become flaky, where it's always something, you know, you're crying wolf. You don't want to do that. Well, I don't know about this. I'm, you don't want to be led by fear, where people are like, well, I don't know. We, I just don't know if we should do this, and you don't, you don't do something. And then people are like, okay, you didn't do it. Nothing happened. Do that again. And again, people are going to, eventually, you don't have any credibility. And God doesn't, through you, have any credibility. See, here, Paul said, we shouldn't go. All right, you know, listen to me. But now, later, when they're lost hope, you know, they didn't listen to him, but he had said something. So later, it gave him the opportunity to say, you know what I should have told you? Or you know what I, way I told you? You see how it turned out? Now I'm telling you again, we better do this. Yeah. And they listened to him. So when we, we, we need to be sensitive and, and uh, be ready, and if there's something that we have a check about, there's something that's bothering us on the inside, get it settled, okay? We don't want to be flaky about it, but get it settled. If you say, well, that's just my mind, it, I'd rather be sure. Now, I'm not, you don't do this all the time, because if you do it all the time, again, you're going to be all over the place. But if there's something that's bothering you and you're not sure whether it's you or your spirit, but you just can't get rid of it, depending on the magnitude of the situation, you'd better, it'd be better to err on the side of, I can't get clear, there's something going on, and obey that rather than push forward, ah, it's nothing, and something that didn't, you, need to, you didn't need to be there, somebody didn't need to be there, but they were. Now, I'm not talking about fear. Do you guys hear what we're saying? You need to be, you don't just go as in, through days as in you're an autopilot, but at the other extreme, you don't just go and act like everything is a signal. You're, you're being balanced. God will warn you. He will tell you. He will make sure you are in the right place at the right time if you're going to listen to Him. And it's important, and we have to have the responsibility to be listen, to listening for us and ours. Because nobody can do that for you. Nobody's on the same path. You say, well, what should I do in this situation? I'm not you. I don't know. What, what are the situations? I don't know. You've got to be led by the Spirit of God. And so if we'll do that, God, we can be sure of this, okay? God will take care of us. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter the drama that's going on in the world. It doesn't matter who says what about anything or how much fear that, you know, people try to propagate. If we know that our God is with us and that if we stay close to Him and follow Him, He's not going to lead us into trouble. And if there is trouble that comes to our doorstep, we will stand because we are in His will. You want to make sure you're right with Him and you're in His will and doing what he told you to do, not violating anything that you know you shouldn't be doing. Don't do that. Don't put yourself in that place. Because if you're saying, I'm, I'm, I know this is wrong, but I'm going to do that. But on the other hand, I want God to lead me. If it's black and white and you know you shouldn't do it and you're over here doing this and saying, but God, I want to hear subtly, you've already, you're already dulling your conscience. You stay out of, and, and noise in the earth, you know, listening to the wrong things, listening to, if you listen to the news a lot and the fear, and then, you know, you're looking at all kinds of opinions, it's going to be so cluttered that to hear God in that can be harder. And especially if you're listening to secular, worldly stuff, and you have all this, and you're like, okay, but God, show me. Well, there's going to be noise. 
But if we'll clear that out and we'll just hone in on Him and just the things of Him, that's what we're, we're listening to now, prompts us, don't, don't be there. Go over here, all right? Yep, that's you. That's the same, that's the same direction I get when I'm listening uh, to the Word, when I'm reading the Word. That's the same prompting. You sit, the bigger it is, the more you sit, the more you make sure, all right, now we're going to go over here. And He's faithful. And we can be, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be like the world. We can be strong and secure knowing our God will protect us no matter what happens. Amen. Amen.